Friday, November 15th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 11 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool at DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On DraftSharks, you can read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend, and come Saturday morning, you can see who Jared and I are playing against each other in the Shark Duel. Week 10 got me back in the win column, thanks largely to Jared fading Christian McCaffrey here. McCaffrey quadrupled Saquon Barkley's score. I did go receiver at flex, as I talked about on last week's show. Golden Tate paid off for me there. We both had Christian Kirk. We both had Travis Kelsey. We both got strong QB performances. Yeah, man, these running backs, David Montgomery, blah, Marlon Mack, blah, home for Miami. And then, yeah, Saquon Barkley, 13 carries for one yard. I mean, I, I my thinking last week was that I, I really thought Saquon Barkley could stay within, you know, five to even ten points of Christian McCaffrey. And if that was the case, I thought the savings there made sense. But I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm done thinking the Jets run defense numbers are a mirage. I guess it's, it really is a good run defense. Yeah, it seems that way. And, it, you know, going another running back um, worked out for you to some degree on the other side, but we'll talk about that on the DraftKings show. We'll both be back at it for week 11. You'll be able to see who we're playing against each other come Saturday morning in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, though, I'm going to kick us off at QB, where our top three in FanDuel dollars per point projections all cost more than 8000 bucks this week. Jared, Lamar Jackson has shown us that he's always in play. I don't feel the need to pay up to his 8800 this week, though, when I can have Dak Prescott at Detroit for 8100 Beyond him, I think Jameis Winston at 76 Josh Allen at 78 Derek Carr at 74 even Kyle Allen at 72 I think all those guys are in play. My favorite in the group, though, is Dak, though, at 8100 um, as long as he fits with whatever else I want to do with my lineup. Yeah, I think those guys are all definitely in play. I, I do prefer Lamar, though, and I think I sat here last week and said I preferred Lamar, and I still ended up not playing him because I, I do, you know, if I need extra salary, quarterback is one spot, I'll I'll try to save that. So, again, I think Dak's in play. I think Jameis is a nice play, but I'm going to try to get Lamar Jackson. I just don't think the the savings on those other guys um, is is worth moving off Lamar Jackson and his awesome floor. You know, he, he has 21-plus Fando points in eight of nine games this season. He's averaging 11.8 points per game just with his rushing production. And then I think the passing upside is huge this week against this Texan secondary that you know just isn't good. They're still dealing with a bunch of injuries. Um, Houston's allowed 305 passing yards per game over its last five games. Yeah, I certainly can't argue with playing Lamar Jackson. Are you in cash? Are you going to try to stack him with anybody or just playing him as a standalone? Yeah, in cash, I would play him as a standalone um tournament I'll, I'll, I'll talk about his tournament stack later actually he's on my list here no why don't you go ahead and do that then you can transition <laughs> up into the tournament yeah uh marquise brown i like a lot this week for tournaments especially on fanduel he's crazy cheap just 5600 bucks um again this I, I think brown against this texan secondary is a major mismatch and i think houston is going to keep this game close which you know ha- hasn't been the case in a lot of these ravens games and that that sort of made them 
you know, scale back and I think take their foot off the gas. I think Baltimore will attack throughout this game, and I think that'll mean more volume for Brown than we've been getting lately. Yeah, it should be a fun game, and I'm sure it'll come up at other points during this and the other show. On the tournament side, I like all the guys that we previously mentioned. I think all of them are in play with their various stacking options. I want to highlight Tom Brady because he's projected under 5% ownership right now on Fanshare, and Julian Edelman's right around 8%. So to me, those two numbers look underrated for those two guys. I know Brady hasn't been putting up big numbers lately, but, I mean, do we really think that he's not capable of putting up big numbers at this point? I don't. I'm not necessarily betting on them, which is why I didn't mention him on the cash side. I think there's more risk to him than some of these other players, but... They've been throwing a lot lately. Tom Brady has thrown more than 40 passes in uh, four of his past five games. So they've already been leaning that way. The Philly matchup points to leaning that way. Volume hasn't helped Brady's stats, as I mentioned. But, um, you know, like I said, it kind of indicates that New England's already got the passing lean. And during that time, during those five games, Julian Edelman has seen 27.6% of Brady's targets, seven plus catches in each in each of those games. He's averaging 8.4 receptions over that span, 11 plus targets in four straight games now. Julian Edelman is as good a volume bet as Michael Thomas right now and costs $1,600 less and comes in a much lower ownership. Yeah, I, I like that call. And I, I do think Edelman is a stack with Brady, but it definitely helps Brady too that he has Mohamed Sanu now. Philip Dorsett's healthy, James White, obviously. So it's, it's a pretty nice group of pass catching weapons at this point. Tournament side is where I like Dak Prescott. I, I do think, you know, the fact that he's only $700 less than Lamar Jackson should keep his ownership down. You know, D- Dak's shown us plenty of ceiling this season. He already has four games of 26 plus Fando points and this matchup's great I mean I, I like at this time of the season being indoors in the in the dome in Detroit and the Lions have allowed the fifth most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks over the past five weeks now they've allowed 15 passing touchdowns over their last five games yeah I have no argument with that and if you're kind of scared off of Dak by not knowing which receiver to play with him I think it's possible to stack Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott to try to play around that yeah, that's that's do. I mean, Zeke's passing game role has taken a bit of a hit this year. Um, so I, I, I'd I'd rather just use Amari Cooper for sure, and then maybe double stack him with Michael Gallup too. Zeke did see zero targets a couple weeks ago. Came back up to three last week, and before mm-hmm. that, he was seeing more passing game action. So I, I think his his passing game role is okay, but I think you're kind of ensuring yourself with Dallas touchdowns because there's always a chance that Dak Prescott runs one in. You know, you get Ezekiel Elliott's carries and likely yardage and chance at a touchdown. I would be a little bit worried about choosing between Cooper and Gallup, but you know, we know that we're taking that risk when we're shooting for the ultimate upside here. That's where you just make a second tournament lineup. You make one with Cooper and one with Gallup. There you go. <laughs> uh, over to running back on cash side, I say Ezekiel Elliott at 8400 bucks. He's 2100 less than Christian McCaffrey. 20 plus carries in four straight games. He had 105 yards or more in three straight before last week's matchup with Minnesota. And we knew the Minnesota game was a negative matchup for his rushing. Um, As I said, Ezekiel Elliott rebounded from zero targets in week nine to three against the Vikings. He's seen three plus in in six of his past seven games. So that's not a great level, but he's involved still. And the Lions have allowed the second most fan duel points per game to running backs. They're the eighth friendliest matchup according to our adjusted fantasy points allowed. 
Yeah, I'm right with you here with Zeke as the top cash play. And I, I do still like Christian McCaffrey, and I, it is possible to get McCaffrey and Zeke in the same lineup. But I think the $2,100 savings going down to Zeke makes him the better bet. Volume, good matchup, good touchdown probability for Zeke. So I, I think I think he makes a lot of sense. I agree. Over on the tourney side, Brian Hill is projected for 32% ownership at 5900 bucks on FanDuel right now. Josh Jacobs is at 29.5% ownership projection at 8000 bucks. Both of those guys are ahead of Christian McCaffrey. Are you fading either or both of those players? Um, I mean, if I'm making a bunch of lineups, I wouldn't full-out fade them. I, I would, I'd say at those prices, I think Jacobs is a better fade than Brian Hill. I, I think Brian Hill is a better fade, and I haven't done the lineup building to see how much the 5,900 does for me. But I mean, mm-hmm. there are a lot of receivers in the same range that you could play at flex. I, I just think when you combine a 30 plus percent ownership projection for a guy that's really an unknown, I mean, we're assuming that Brian Hill is a great bet for touches this week. And we know he has a great matchup for rushing, but obviously he's, he's far from a lock for production in any game. Cause we've never even seen Brian Hill as a starter yet. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. But Jacobs, I just think at eight thousand bucks. I mean, he's only four hundred less expensive than Zeke, only six hundred less than Delvin Cook. I just think he's. I think Jacobs is fairly priced on Fanduel, so you know, I, I don't think he's this. I mean, he he's a great play. He's got, he you know is a good volume bet on the ground. I still wish he was doing more in the passing game. Matchups obviously great against the Bengals, but you could see Jacobs you know scoring twelve Fanduel points, and if he does that at eight thousand bucks, you know he's going to hurt your tournament teams. Yeah, I agree that he's not like a screaming value, certainly at a, at 8,000. I'll highlight James White at 6,100, less than 5% ownership right now. Uh, we mentioned on the Thursday show, I think this has the chance to be a James White game. The Eagles are basically set up to stop somebody like Sony Michelle. And New England is not generally a team that's going to just pound against a brick wall looking for a spot where one of the bricks is loose. They're going to try to attack the defense in ways that it looks attackable. Football Outsiders has Philly fifth in running back coverage, but they've seen four games of six-plus catches, four running backs against them this season. We had five receptions by Bears running backs in the last game that Philly played. We had a four-catch for 30 yards and a touchdown line for Devin Singletary the game before that. So I don't buy that the Eagles are a tough pass defense in running back coverage. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I don't play enough uh, tournaments on FanDuel to know, but I got to imagine James White is usually low owned on this site with the half PPR. Yeah, I like Raheem Mostert for tournaments way down at forty six hundred bucks. Matt Breda's is out this week, and the Niners are committed to a committee backfield. So I don't think it's going to be all Tevin Coleman this weekend. Um, you know, Matt Breda has averaged about twelve carries and two targets per game as the Niners number two running back. We've seen Raheem Mostert as the Niners number two running back when Tevin Coleman missed those two games earlier this season. In those games, Mostert averaged 12 and a half carries per game, two and a half targets per game. So I think that's about the type of volume you're going to get here. Matchup's good against the Cardinals. They're 21st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. They, they've also faced the fifth most running back carries this season. So teams are you know looking to run against Arizona. So I, I like Mostert's chances at that price tag. Yeah, we have seen multiple Niners running backs in the same game get enough touches, score. We, you know, it's not like just one player is necessarily going to get all of the scoring opportunities. Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman combined for 27 carries in that first meeting. Breida took 15 of them to Coleman's 12. Now, Coleman 
is going to be the lead back. He's obviously more expensive, 2100 bucks more in salary. I do think he is well within the tournament mix too. And his current ownership projection is just a little bit over 10%. So I don't think he's uh, going to be high enough owned for that to affect his outlook. He hasn't done nearly so much for fantasy owners since that huge game against Carolina. But really, the last game against Arizona was the one time in within the past three game, three or four games that his efficiency stunk on the touches that he did get. Yeah, and Coleman remains the Niners goal line back, so that that's sort of the mark in his favor. You know, he, he's the guy who you know could give you two touchdowns. Now we don't know yet, as of this recording, if Jordan Howard's going to be out. But if Jordan Howard is out, what do you think of Miles Sanders at fifty six hundred? Yeah, he, he's definitely in play. For cash, I still prefer Ryan Hill for $300 more. But, you know, if if Hill's going to be three times his own as Sanders, I think Sanders makes more sense for tournaments. Yeah, I, I agree with Hill over Sanders, even at $300 more. I think that their touch outlooks get similar if Sanders is the starter and Jordan Howard's out. But the matchup is clearly much better for uh, Brian Hill against the Panthers than it is for Miles Sanders just overall against the Patriots. Yeah, and we talked yesterday that the you know New England's run defense hasn't been great lately, but I, I, I still, especially with all his injuries, I don't see the Eagles doing a whole lot on offense in general, which sort of drags down Miles Sanders' upside. Yeah, I agree. Over at receiver for cash, I think both DJ Moore at 6,000 and John Brown at 5,900 are, you know, like building blocks for your yep. lineup this week. John Brown's seen five plus catches in seven of his nine games. He's been over 50 receiving yards every week. He's only scored two touchdowns, but he's still 18th among active main slate wide receivers on FanDuel in points per game. 26th in wide receiver price, so he's still a good value there. He's heading for shadow coverage with Nick Needham. I don't know what that <laughs> means yet, really. I mean, by the numbers, Needham's playing pretty well. He's allowing just 50% completions, a little less than one yard per route run. Yeah, per route covered, according to Pro Football Focus. But, I mean, I think it's a little bit early for us to be worrying about Needham, and I'm certainly going to go ahead and bet on John Brown in that matchup. Yeah, and Nick Needham ran like a four six seven forty at his pro day, and and John Brown's a four three guy. So I think that's a mismatch. I, I think it'd be a mistake for Miami to you know go go into the game with that matchup. But we'll see. John Brown had his second best game of the season against Miami a month ago, sixteen point eight Fanduel points. So yeah, I think John Brown and DJ Moore to me are like cash game locks. Moore's price finally came up a bit, but at six thousand bucks, it didn't come up enough. Um, he's still sitting on just one TD to. Uh, touchdown this season but he ranks 10th among all wide receivers and targets he's ninth in catches 13th in receiving yards so you know he's outside of the touchdowns he's basically producing as a lower end wide receiver one matchups obviously great here the falcons are 26th in fanduel points allowed to wide receivers yeah and as you said just the one touchdown we've got positive td regression coming at some point Moore is the most popular wide receiver right now in ownership projection i think it's for good reason i think just like Christian Kirk last week, he's not a guy that I'm full fading because of that high owned rate. No, I wouldn't full fade him either. I do think, I mean, Curtis Samuel for for whatever reason is, is more expensive than DJ Moore on FanDuel, but I do think that fact makes Samuel a pretty good like pivot if you're if you're trying to get off the DJ Moore ownership. On the tourney side, there are certainly lots of options. I like DJ Chark though at six thousand bucks because of his projected three and a half percent ownership. Football Outsiders has the Colts sixth against the pass overall but 23rd or worse in coverage versus each of the wide receiver spots. So I don't believe that the Colts are actually a stifling coverage defense. The past three weeks, Indy has faced Miami without Preston Williams, Pittsburgh, and Denver, so weak passing games on all those. The game before that, 
Houston had two 100-yard receivers. The game before that, we got the Byron Pringle, this is who I am game. (laughs) Um, Earlier in the season, we got 120-plus from Julio, from Keenan Allen. So this is a pass defense that can be beaten. Chark's past six games, he's only had one short of seven targets. And over the past two outings, 12 and nine targets. You know, maybe he falls behind D.D. Westbrook in targets this week, but there is definitely at least upside to him. Yeah, and uh, 6000 bucks seems cheap for a guy who's, you know, shown the type of upside Shark has this season. So I like that call. I, I mentioned Hollywood Brown is my favorite tournament play. I think right in that same price range, Terry McLaurin at 5500 bucks. I mean, there's obviously risk with Dwayne Haskins, but I just think that Jets secondary is so bad. I think McLaurin has a shot at a few big plays. A couple others that I marked down. Uh, Calvin Ridley, 5,500, 7% ownership projection right now. And Michael Gallup is projected for under 5%. He's at 6,700, so it's not right. like it's not a great value, but he's $1,400 cheaper than Amari Cooper. And for most of the season, especially on the road, they've been comparable in targets. Yeah, I think that price tag um, for Gallup is going to keep people off of him. So I think he is a good tournament play. Tight end, what do you like for cash? I'm going to go Eric Ebron, and it's scary because he's let us down so many times, but 5200 bucks is a good price for him. His role really grew last week. He set a season high with a 61% snap rate, um, ran a route on a season high 80% of uh, Brian Hoyer's dropbacks, 12 targets for Ebron, Ebron in that game. Now he gets Jacoby Brissett back, which helps T.Y. Hilton still out for this game. So I do think Ebron you know, is, is maybe the best target bet on the Colts, including the wide receivers. Matchup's fine here against the Jags. They're a middling tight end defense. Yeah, it's tough to argue with Eric Ebron this week because of the price. Jared Cook's going to be the spot where I start, though. Yep. Cash tournament. He's 6000 bucks. He returned last week from injury, saw a season-high 10 targets in that game. Now he gets not only a defense that's the second most generous in the league to tight end scoring, but also the stingiest against the run. So it behooves New Orleans to throw the ball in this matchup. I don't care about... Jared Cook's ownership projection. I'm gonna use him as my starting point, both in cash and in tournaments. Yeah, I have Cook down for my tournament play, and I think I think he is projected at like 10 percent ownership, but that's not enough for me to get off him. I I like you know just game stacking this Buck Saints game, and I think Cook's a, a good value play to do that. Um, I'll throw out Kyle Rudolph too, who is at 4,500 bucks, and you know we saw him score the two touchdowns last week, and he's also averaging 4.8 targets per game over the past four with. Adam Thielen out and Thielen is out again for Sunday's game against Denver. So I think Rudolph, you know, for, for that price tag is a pretty good volume, but I agree. 4,500, a nice bet for him. TJ Hawkinson's interesting at 5,300 as well, but it's a little tougher to justify him when he's a hundred more than Eric Ebron, 800 more than Kyle Rudolph and just 700 cheaper than uh, Jared Cook. Right. Yep. Over at flex, uh, most of the top running backs in our FanDuel dollars per point are expensive this week. So Mm -hmm. wide receivers who I think make sense, John Brown, DJ Moore, Julian Edelman, we've already named. Calvin Ridley, we've already named a cheaper option. Jamison Crowder at 6500 he's the same price as Devin Singletary. I think both of those guys also make for good options in the flex spot. Yeah, I think for cash, Brian Hill does make a lot of sense for flex. I also think Leonard Fournette, you know, we didn't mention him. I think he's underpriced here at 7200 bucks, And the Colts are 23rd in Football Outsiders run defense ranking. So, you know, pretty good matchup for Fournette. Still one of the best volume bets at the position. And for tournaments, yeah, it's it's those cheap wide receivers that we've been mentioning: uh, Marquise Brown, Terry McLaurin, Kelvin Ridley. I think it is a good call, fifty five hundred bucks. Yeah, and I agree that it would have been a mistake to finish this show without talking about Leonard Fournette. Yep. 
On defense, I'm starting with Washington at 4000 bucks, uh, at least in cash. Even if you take out his four interceptions against the Patriots, Sam Darnold has tossed five of them in his other five games, I think, since his uh, return from Mono. The Jets are averaging just 17.8 points in six Darnold games for the season. So actually, that's five interceptions in his other four games since his return. As I said, 17.8 points per game for the Jets. In Darnold's six games this season, they are taking 3.3 sacks per game in those Darnold contests. And Washington opponents are only averaging 17 points over the past four weeks. Three of those four opponents checked in under 290 total yards. I like the Panthers on the cheap end, um, 3700 bucks. They actually come in as the top dollars per point value based on our projections there. Home favorites against Atlanta. Carolina actually leads the league with 36 sacks right now, and we know this Falcons offensive line is an issue. PFF has them 24th in their pass blocking grades, and Atlanta's without Austin Hooper and Devontae Freeman on Sunday, so I think Carolina's a good value. On the upper end, I like Minnesota, who's at home for you know Brandon Allen and the Broncos in Minnesota's defense at home this season, they've scored 16, 7, 9, and 12 FanDuel points. What's the salary on Minnesota? 4700 Okay, yeah, so they're a little bit cheaper than like San Francisco, New England, and Buffalo. Yeah, they're actually only the sixth uh, most expensive defense. Interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think San Francisco, Buffalo, New England are also all in the mix. There's, It doesn't look like ownership projection is really an, an issue at this position this week. It's spread around because the higher profile defenses are higher priced. And there are some attractive ones, as we mentioned, that are down in the lower salary ranges. So I think you're really just kind of free to, to pick your best option here. I would consider... Patriots, Bills, 49ers, especially in like a, a GPP where we're looking for, you know, ceiling potential in them. Yeah, the Bills are the one I'm kind of interested in, and I don't know if I'll get up to the $5,000 price, but Ryan Fitzpatrick's just due for one of those like three interception games, isn't he? I think so, and especially now that he's down one of his only two receivers, basically. Right, yeah, and I mean, that Bills pass rush against the Dolphins O-line is a pretty big uh, mismatch, too. Mm. That's going to do it for this Week 11 edition of our FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. Check out our full Week 10 rankings complete with FanDuel dollars per point projections and mess around with the lineup builder tool to try to win yourself some money this weekend. Check back Saturday morning. You can see who Jared and I are playing against each other in the next round of the Shark Duel. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Small and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.